Welcome to the Mummy and Mind podcast. We're all about promoting mental well-being for mothers and discussing different ways to build better relationships in the family. Please connect with us on our socials at Mummy and Mind. Tune in and we really hope you enjoy. Hey, it's your host Cammy, and welcome to the very first episode of the Mummy and Mind podcast. As you would have heard in the intro, this podcast is all about promoting mental well-being for mothers and improving relationships in the family. On every episode, I will have a special guest and the aim is to have real and honest discussions about motherhood and parenting and how this has impacted their mental health. I would really encourage everyone to listen, not just mums. By tuning in, I believe what we talk about can help build stronger and healthier families. I'm a mother of one, and like most mums, I've had my very fair share of ups and downs during my journey, and I know how important it is to be able to share your thoughts, concerns and fears. It's also encouraging to hear testimonies from other parents who have overcome similar hurdles. I really hope you enjoy this episode, and please subscribe and follow us to get all the Mummy and Mind updates. Our very first guest on the show is someone very special. She's not only a mum, but she is currently in ministry as a worship leader and a pastor's wife. She is also co-founder of the Ahava Experience, which she'll tell us more about during the show. I'm really excited to welcome Miracle Ando as our very first guest on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Miracle. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh no, that's fine. It's our pleasure. I just wanted to say a big thank you from everyone on the team because we, when we reached out to you, there was sort of no hesitation when we told you what our vision was and what we're trying to achieve with the podcast. Me as a mum myself, like so much has been going on yeah. with my mental state, <laughs> being mm. stuck indoors with my son <laughs> in the nursery. So um, it'd be really nice to hear your story and some of the ways that you've tackled any sort of impact you've had on your mental health during your motherhood journey. And mm. even post, before being a mum, like your, your, your process to getting to motherhood mm. and also being married as well and being a mum, it'd be really nice to hear your journey and how you've overcome a lot of things. I think um, for us, the main title that you have, I would say, besides being a mum, is that you're in ministry and that you're a pastor's yeah. wife. Um, for a lot of mothers <laughs> we have other than being a mom we have so many other titles given to mm-hmm. us and it can be so overwhelming when other people rely on you um, how yeah. do you overcome this having such a major responsibility in the church as being a pastor's wife and also bringing your daughter into your your lifestyle um okay so for me I think from with my husband and I one thing that we've always said was that first of all we come first so and I know it sounds crazy when you when you have a child and you're like yeah no you come (laughs) first but because if you're not okay then there's no way that you're gonna look after someone else definitely and and I think for individually you come first then you know your other half comes first and then because I feel like your home needs to be secure as well and then the baby and yes I know it sounds crazy but that's just what it is and it works for us because when we look after each other and we're there for each other um and I get time for myself as rare as it can be (laughs) I'm I'm able to just recoup and just you know refocus and come back better and I think that's what has helped it's just 
actually finding time for me because if I'm not okay there's no way I can look after um look after my daughter and I think even even when we say that it's almost like even when we're not okay we still have to wake up and just keep going anyway yeah but I'm now I think I've just found that I have to be intentional about taking time out just to say you know what I need a minute and whether that means she's crying her eyes out and my husband's like oh my god I can't do this I'm like you really can because I'm not <laughs> looking at it. I'm not looking at you guys until maybe 10 minutes you know five minutes ten minutes whatever it is that I need um however long I need to just take time out and just recoup I do it and honestly that's the only way I've been able to balance and once your family comes first and you know that that is your priority then I'm able to fit everyone else and everything else in between that yeah um because it's so easy especially when you're in ministry you know it's so easy to put other people first and I'm that's not a bad thing but most times we tend to neglect our own families and you know I'm a pastor's kid and I've had to like I've dealt with that growing up and you know where parents found it hard to find a balance obviously thank god they eventually did but in those times where there wasn't really a balance it was almost like you hardly saw your dad or your mom or they were here with this person and there with that person and you know you have to try and figure things out on your own and I think I always said I always said I was never going to marry a pastor, but hey, look what happened to me. And so I'm so conscious of how, you know, how I felt and what I went through. And I was, I've just always said, if in case I do marry one, um, I would know, you know, just how to manage things so that my children will always feel that they have our attention and they have us. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my little two pence. Yeah, no, that's. I think that's really important what you said. I think for a lot of parents, whether it's they've they've taken time out intentionally and they've left their their child with their partner or yeah. a family member, you still sort of check in, just want to make sure that everything's okay, yeah, which exactly. basically defeats the purpose of having time away. Um, <laughs> so sometimes you're right. I think you do need to be a bit selfish in terms of you know your child is safe in someone else's hands. It just means yeah. you need to. Bl- black out everything that's going on in that department and really just focus mm-hmm. on renewing your mind and clearing everything in there it's so so important yeah. definitely I agree in terms of um sticking to the ministry side as well so would you say that your faith has really got you through some hard times in motherhood during your journey absolutely um you know before before I gave birth to well whilst I was pregnant um, we were told that AJ was going to be like really unwell. Oh, my daughter's name is AJ. Um, we were told that she was going to be really unwell. And um, yeah, there was just so many negative things that were said over her. Yeah. And, you know, at first I was very, very scared. I was just like, okay, so, you know, I'm going to have to prepare for this and maybe this, maybe that. And then, you know, I just got to a point where I was like, Do you know what, God, um, she's going to come out okay. And I would profess that. I remember when I go to work, when I could eventually get up to go to work, <laughs> um, I would get to work um, and I used to take like a break here and there and I would go to the toilet and literally put my hand on my stomach and just pray over her and speak over her and just say, you're fine. You're going to come out fine and you're going to defeat medical science. You you really are. And oh. when she was born, because we, we, we wouldn't find out immediately, we had to wait six weeks six yeah it was more than six weeks because they still didn't even let us know um but when she was born I remember the first day uh, one of the nurses came to me and said 
um, she's got perfect blood. Like, I think she's <laughs> or something like that. And she was like, she's got really good blood that she can be a donor for anyone. And I feel like that was my first sign that she was absolutely fine. But, you know, sometimes you're just like, oh, I just want to know the main yeah. thing. But that was just a really random comment because I wasn't, I was, the, what they said was going to be wrong with her had nothing to do with blood. But the fact that she came out of her way just to say to me, do you know what, she's got perfect blood. That's amazing. I was like, okay, didn't want to know that information, but hey, thanks anyway. <laughs> But when I think about it and I'm like, you know, I had to process it and be like, do you know what? I feel like this is God's way of of telling me that everything's going to be okay. And honestly, after like eight weeks or yeah, eight to 12 weeks is when we actually found out that she was fine. Um, And, you know, I remember I was panicking at first, like you haven't said anything, you know, and then I just said, you know what? I've been praying over this girl. She's going to be fine. And eventually when they sent us the letter and, you know, did all the tests and stuff, she was absolutely fine. Nothing wrong with her. And, you know, it was it was a difficult period because obviously that uncertainty as to, you know, I I don't know what to expect. But, you know, finally, when she came out, she was fine. And definitely it was my faith in God that got me through that, because, you know, if I didn't have something to hold on to, I feel like I would have given up hope you know and there were so many options you can abort the baby and they wanted to do a test before she was born so that they could find out and then you know let us know if we if we were to abort and I feel like if I didn't have faith or have hope I probably would have said yeah that's fine I don't even I would have just given up there and then but the fact that it was like you know what I trust God and I trust that he will come through for us and he he did you know so and even if he didn't he would still be God anyway um and regardless of the situation even if she came out the way they said she would she would still be a blessing and so I think for me I had to I had to consciously remind myself of that whether it comes out the way you want it to or not just still be positive and still have faith because you still need faith to like carry on through the process in that situation anyway so yeah do you know what's so crazy for anyone that follows Miracle um on social media if you see her daughter there is no way you would believe that <laughs> that was ever said upon her life about her it's not being true. well or anything like that this girl she's something energy. else <laughs> Too much energy. no that's so good to hear and I, for me um my son when he was first born so we, we didn't have anything similar to that in terms of my pregnancy was fine um yeah. he was always said that he was going to be healthy and everything like that um but for us the first sort of um test her my faith or our faith I would mm. say is when I think it was five days after he was born he was rushed into hospital yeah. uh, and they all this stuff was wrong with him and the first two wow. years of his life he was in that hospital and wow. I would say I've been sort of born again for about seven years yeah. six seven years right. so I would still say I'm a baby in a way in terms of how easily it is how easily quick how quickly it is to blame god when things are not going your way and that's something i really struggled with and what i would really urge anyone listening if you are going if you are a believer and you are going through anything for me i removed Mm -hmm. myself from church when all this was going on where i should have Mm -hmm. found myself which is in church i actually removed myself because i was so angry i couldn't understand that you know someone so innocent someone so perfect Mm -hmm. can be in a situation where they're in that hospital and you know I really suffered with my relationship and then the moment that I really had a reality check and my son was still uh, at the time I had a reality check and I I stopped blaming God and I started to 
I started to realise no matter what happens, God is still good. That's mm-hmm. when I saw a massive change in, in everything I did. But in that wow. time, even with my faith shaken, I suffered so much of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I feel like anxiety is something, regardless, you can have a perfect life and yeah. still suffer with anxiety. I don't know, is that something that you've come across during your journey in motherhood? Yeah, honestly, I, I feel like you can, and I, I honestly, I can relate to what you're saying because sometimes it's almost like when things are going good, you just, I feel like you don't even remember that they could be bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then when the bad hits you, it's like, whoa, where did this come from? Especially if when you're steadfast as well. It's like, but I've been steadfast, I've been, you know, doing what I need to do. Why is this happening? Why is this coming? Um, and I can definitely relate. So I went through um, like anxiety and depression when we got, when we came out of the hospital. Mm. So I think for me, whilst we were in the hospital I just felt safe I felt you know that like I could easily call a nurse and be like hello hi what's going on I feel like when I came out of the hospital I called um uh I can't remember what they're called now but um oh I can't remember what they're called now but I called like the the children's unit in the hospital where I was I think I called them like every other day (laughs) and I honestly by the time I got to six weeks, they were so happy to be like, oh, yeah, you can't call us at six weeks anymore. <laughs> they had no longer considered a newborn. I said, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Like, I was so afraid because of, again, everything that was said. And not just that, um, you know, I felt like in the hospital, as I said, we were safe. And then when AJ was born as well, she'd had, like, um, silent reflux. And I remember waking up in the hospital. Um, I think I was in hospital for like five, six days. About the third, second or third day, I woke up and she was literally choking oh because God. she was vomiting and the whatever was happening. But she was choking; she couldn't breathe as well. And so I woke up and I was, you know, I was able to like quickly call a nurse and be like, "I'm not sure what's going on," you know. So I felt safe there. And when we were leaving, I was so anxious because I was like. What if I sleep too deep? You know, what if yeah. anxiety came? And I remember on the drive home, she was in her car seat and she was literally throwing up, you know, like the whole the whole car ride. I had to hold her because she was throwing up. She couldn't stay on her back. She had to be held for like four or five months. Like you, you couldn't just leave her to lay down and go do what you need to do, which is why she's so clinging out and it's so annoying. <laughs> but, but like I was, so and every little thing would make me anxious we got into the house and my mum was like oh let's show the baby I was like no please just don't touch her don't you know and I was like that for a couple of months and I was just I got to a point where I was like I can't allow this thing to overtake me she is fine and I think as a new mother as well there's just so many things that you don't know and you're figuring out so it's so easy to get in the space where you know you're overwhelmed you you're like you've not slept you know you're tired you're exhausted you're in pain from breastfeeding and all these things were adding and I feel like uh, I in my mind I was like expecting my husband like you need to do this and that and the other and he's like well I'm doing the rest I can because I can't you got the rest she just wants to be with you 24 7 you know and and I just literally had to just get to a place where I was just like you know what miracle like she's fine you have to you have to try and find some sort of balance because and you have help as well you know my mom was here my husband was here like I just had to say you know what you need to try and find balance because 
when you take on everything and you're like, oh, I want to do this all myself and this and that and the other, that's when you become more anxious and you're not able to trust anyone else, you know. My husband wanted to be involved as well. Like, you have to learn to make use of the hands that are around you. My mum was there and, you know, there were different things that I learned from her. But, I, you know, I won't lie, it was just such a hard period to get to a place of, you know, being settled because you're learning, you basically learned something new every yeah. day with the baby. And it got to a point where my mum went back to work. Because my mum stayed with us for two months, God bless her. <laughs> but after the first month, you know, she took a month off work. But after the first month, she went back to work and so did Ben as well. So it was like both of them went back to work at the same time. So I was like, what am I actually going to do with this baby on my own? Like, for, <laughs> you know. But yeah, you, you learn, you guys get to understand each other, you understand the baby more, you know, like you just, I think as a mother, you just do it. And no child's the same. I think that's another thing. What what might work for another mum? And when you spend so much time, when I during my time when I had anxiety, I was constantly online reading up on this person, this person's opinion. This is what worked, and I'm thinking none of this is working with my child. So my child, something must be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I tried honestly. I tried so many things. I bought so many things. Like oh gosh. But again, as she said, you just I just got to a point where I was like, okay, I have to I have to learn about her. I understood what she likes, what she doesn't like. How do I do what works for me? And how do I filter out the information? Because you have this person saying, oh, I did this, you're reading this here. And I literally just have to filter out and say, you know what? I have to learn to work through this as opposed to put pressure on myself. And I feel like that's another thing that causes anxiety as well, because we want to do it so perfectly, but there's nothing like a perfect motherhood journey. You know, you you have to figure it out and learn as you go along, as opposed to try and do what other people are doing. Just find what works for you, what works for your child, what works for your home, and do that, as opposed to, you know, because everybody has an opinion, particularly people who aren't even parents. Oh, trust well. me. <laughs> like, oh, you should do it like this, you should do it like that. And I'm like... <laughs> I'll wait for you to have, like, how many months of sleepless nights and let's see if you're doing it like that. And you know what? I learned as well because I I know a lot about kids. I've worked in early years, you know, and I love children. But I realised as well how judgmental I was on parents. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, because my sister's got kids and I'll be like, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, la, la, la. And when I had my baby, I was like, I felt like literally saying to my sister, do you know what? I'm so sorry for all the times I was so hard on you because I can only imagine, you know, what you were going through, um, you know, with your first child, your second child, and then even having three kids. I can only imagine you must have been going crazy. It happens all the time. For me, I was the first one, I would say, out of my main group of friends to have a baby. And a lot of my friends, they have nieces and nephews. So, again, everyone seems Mm. to think... that they know and so it got to a point where I just got so fed up of telling my business and looking for advice because all (laughs) people that just didn't really uh or they they were very insensitive and in my head I just thought when your time comes you will come back and say sorry to me (laughs) that's all I can say (laughs) honestly you you will have a niece and nephew or you again you work or there's only a certain there's only x amount of time you spend with them when it's your own child things are different i had issues like my son he was sleeping in my bed with me for years and you know people say oh that's Mm. not good i figured well you know you breastfeed at 
whatever time in the night and then take your child into their mm-hmm. cot and stand there till they fall asleep. It's tiring, you know, and honestly, you try and do what's honestly. best for you. People, I feel like people always judge, but as long as it's not harming mm-hmm. your child or, you know, you're, you come first and if your mental well-being is in a good place by doing the routine you have, do what's best for you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that also brings us on to sort of the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was more about self-belief. Um, again, like you said, you, mm. you're surrounded by um, your mum stayed with you for two months. Um, there was that sort of false sense of security because, you know, your partner was there and you were in hospital. So when that was mm. taken away from you, you said that you, you struggled trying to figure out what to do. When did the self-belief mm. sort of stick in that, to say, no matter what comes my way, I know I can, I can do it? Um, I think for me, it just, when AJ sees me, um, and it's almost like, you know, when they look at you, like you're my saving (laughs) grace, literally. Um, and I think I, I'm I'm trying to, I don't, I'm not sure what month it was, but, you know, I feel like when she started, you know, recognizing me more, you know, becoming like dependent, relying on me, I was like, you know, I can actually do this. It's almost like, knowing that she trusts yeah. you and knowing that you know as as a child or as a baby her whole dependency is on you like in her mind like you've got everything that I need and you can do every and anything for me and that's just children in general the way they look up to us like we can never we're like father Christmas exactly and so it's every time I look at her and I see how how much she needs me, how much she loves me, how much I'm just like, do you know what? I can do this. I can actually give you my best. Um, and I think as well, um, you know, this is something that I, we, my husband and I shared on our platform. We went through when she was born that like, we went through one of the toughest times ever in our marriage. And once we were able to pull through that and work in unity now and, you know, like help each other, hold each yeah. other up. I feel like at that point I felt, you know empowered to because it's it's one thing to have a partner or to have someone at home but it's another thing to have someone who empowers yeah, you and someone who supports you someone who actually helps you you know and I feel like once we got to the point where we were able to work things out in our marriage again as I said in the beginning put each other first and we were okay I was able to give her my best and believe that you know what I can do this um, and with his encouragement, with encouragement from my mom, my sister, the people around me who were able to hold me up in those times. Um, when I came out of that, I feel like that's when I was like, Do you know what, I've actually got this. And most days I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what it looks like on social media. Honestly, most days I wake up and I'm like, okay, let's start over again. Let's start this day again, you know. And I think that's another thing that people need to remember, as you say social media most times people show you what they want you to see and most times it's not intentional we're just showing you know the moments that make us happy but you need to people need to remember that behind that behind all of that you're not there the whole 24 hours to see you know maybe the times where I've given her food and just froze everything (laughs) like the other day I I, oh my god I was so livid because I went to give her food and it was um it was uh, what's it called? Kanye call it cocoa or ghee, whatever it's called. And she literally threw the whole bowl on the floor. Like I just made it. And this thing is so difficult to make. It's so hard to make it just right. <laughs> and she threw the whole bowl on the floor. She just kicked it out of my hand. And I said, okay, it's all right. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave that there. <laughs> um, honestly, so people just need to remember that 
you know your life is perfect just as it Definitely. is for you and you can't try don't try and make someone else's life your life you can appreciate the good moments that they have and that they share but remember their life is not perfect definitely moving on from or moving towards the social media side of it i know for me i've had times that i came off social media for a year and a half because it was so negatively impacted me i think what you were saying about understanding that your life is perfect regardless and not taking everything you see as Mm -hmm. literal um i think when i had um my son um there were so many things that happened not just mentally but physically as well you know I used to say with my hands mm. up you know I was a size six slash eight <laughs> you know everything <laughs> just looked nice on me I didn't have any stretch marks I literally you know was really happy with my body mm. and since I've you know I'm fourth year into being a mum and you know my belly is not looking anywhere close to what it looked like before <laughs> for anyone listening that's a mother you know it's really struggling with their body image or just um how their mm. body's changed and it might be a forever change it might not be something that can ever go back to how it was before is that something that you struggled with or is mm. there any advice you can give anyone that's struggling with their changing body since giving birth honestly I would say even before you get pregnant just work on loving you um you know I struggled with that as well so much because um yeah. can you hear me sorry just to let okay. everyone know that's listening because um, we're obviously in the quarantine lockdown period ideally we would have loved to record yeah. this face to face but we are using one yeah. of God's lovingly made technologies to record in two separate locations <laughs> so I want to just apologize in advance for maybe the quality not being as perfect as all the other podcasts you listen to but we still thank God that we're able to record the content <laughs> to do it yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely um yeah I was saying that Honestly, I struggled because for me, um, growing up, I was on the head. I was a bit on the heavy side. Not even a bit. I was. I was big. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you're making me and laugh. <laughs> no, I legit. I was a bit. No, 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 you were big. <laughs> That's it. But yeah, and then when I lost weight initially, I lost weight the wrong okay. way, and I struggled honestly the, the wrong way and at some point in my life I struggled with bulimia um, and eating disorder so I did things completely mm. the wrong way um, and that was due to insecurity that was due to you know negative comments that was just due to me not really liking what I saw I remember looking at a picture of myself when I actually lost weight I said Jesus like I'll send you the picture because <laughs> I looked like a skeleton like, I just looked awful um but then I started to like, you know, really become healthy and look after myself after going through all of that, you know, I, it was a really drastic change and I just, you know, changed my life for the better. So I took pride in how I looked, like, you know, I had literally took pride in how I looked, worked for my body and I was happy with what I had. And then I got pregnant. I said, what is this? What <laughs> it's all gone. Anything I worked what hard for is gone. Going on? Honestly, I said, I don't get what is happening here. And, you know, when I gave birth, um, everything was going okay I was doing well the weight was going and then what did that what did I do what happened I went to go get <laughs> um and yeah I had to because I was honestly a surprise <laughs> she was a surprise and I said no I'm not doing that again so uh, that changed things again because my body mm-hmm. now changed again Things were irregular. My mood, my I was just eating for no reason. I was I started gaining weight again, and I was just going through like, what is this? What what is going on? You know, 
But then again, I had to come back to a place where I said, you know what, you can't go, you can't have anxiety, you can't be depressed, you can't not come and have insecurity because of what you look like, because you're not going to be mentally stable to look after your child. So, you know, what I had to do, okay, study your mood with this contraception, try and balance it out, eat healthy, you know, because it helps you. And what I would do, just go on a walk every day to yeah. clear my head in the fresh air. And that really helped me so much. It's literally taking a walk, even if it's with AJ in a buggy or leaving her at home, but going out, getting dressed. Because sometimes I found that because I didn't like what I looked like, I would just wear a frock. I would literally just wear one long, shapeless outfit that just... (laughs) One uh, outfit from Dubai that just doesn't show anything. Long, frocky. And I was like, what, what am I doing? I wouldn't do my hair. I just left my hair because I'm like, well, if the body doesn't look like I'm going to the hair to look like, you know? I was literally just looking like a house girl. And then I just said, you know what? If this is what my husband has to come home and, and look at, then I actually feel sorry for him as well. Um, and yeah, it just started with things like just doing my hair again, you know, um, changing my clothes, wearing jeans. Because uh, I, I think for me, it was just the, I, I, when I was losing weight after I gave birth, I started fitting into my old clothes and I felt really good. And then just noticing that, oh, my jeans are not zipping up no more. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> what's going on here? You know, like, what is happening here? And I just thought, no, I'll go and buy clothes that will fit me and, you know, look nice and then work on yourself. Yeah, take it from there. And then, you know, I started wearing makeup again. I started... I look at my stretch marks and I'm like, you know what? These are tiger stripes, man. They look good. They <laughs> the look battle nice. that I fought. You, know, and <laughs> you get, I'm like, oh, after going through labor for how long? I have to, you know, and I have a girl as well and I don't want her to grow up and see me, um, you know, complaining so about definitely. my body and tell it, you know, and I just wanted to be an example. And, and that's, I don't know, I don't know when it changed or how it changed, but I feel amazing. Like I wake up, I get dressed, you know, I do my hair. I don't necessarily do my makeup because your skin is glowing anyway. You don't need like, makeup. Like, please, we need to share your skin regime you, because girl. your skin is looking good. <laughs> you know what? I probably—it's not even nothing uh, great, you know. Because as well, to be fair, when I gave birth, um, after I had AJ, my skin was terrible. Like I was having patches, and I think this also added to like me losing mm. my self confidence as well. Because I'm like, what is going on? And so I had to, like, try and figure out what to do to get my skin back and to get my face looking like a human yeah. face again. <laughs> but after I overcame all of that, I think I just got... I think my major motivation was, you know, I want my daughter to be able to see me and see Definitely. confidence and not always look at me and, and think, oh, wow, like, my mum's really insecure. And, you know, I want to empower her when she sees me and I want to be able to say to her you're beautiful and she will say to me thanks mom as opposed to oh but you say I'm beautiful but then you don't think you're beautiful what am I teaching her um and you know having that at the back of my mind really helped to come to a place where I actually appreciate I appreciate my body and I'm working on it I don't exercise but (laughs) I eat healthy I try to eat healthy and I try to at least walk to because I, I won't lie, like, I, I really rate all the mums that are doing all the exercises right now, but I just don't have the energy for it. So my own part that I do is just eating healthy, walking, and then eventually when I get to the point where I feel like, okay, cool, like, I've got enough energy to do this yeah. exercise thing. But I think it's even, it. I think they say, is it 60, 70 or 80% is 
is what you um, eat. It's not necessarily about the actual yeah. exercise bit. So I think if you're focusing on that, yeah. that's the most important thing. And I think as well, I have a son, so it's slightly different for me. But um, if I definitely mm. had a daughter or anyone that feels that way, I think it's so important to be an example. When you want your daughter to grow up or just even mm-hmm. your children growing up to see confident parents because that, you know, it reflects on them. They see that. And, you know, I think it's so important. Exactly. And I'm glad that you sort of got that revelation really early on mm. and I think as girl, I don't know your thoughts on social media like you know you see all these celebrities that go and have the surgery two weeks after giving birth and it gives this fake illusion of what a mum should look like after giving birth and it's not real <laughs> I'm telling you honestly it's really not real and I feel like you know one thing a trend I've been seeing on social media is this waste trainers that just kill you when after you give birth I'm like you know what Honestly, I feel like women in ourselves, we need to support one another better as opposed to put pressure. I'm not saying don't wear a waist trainer because by all means, for me, the the Africa's tight. Yeah, we used to pop a tight So, yeah, and my mum was like, but it got to a point where I said, listen, I need to breathe. (laughs) If my belly needs to hang out, I, I, even before getting pregnant, I do not like to make myself uncomfortable at all. I will not wear a waist. Even if you paid me, I won't wear it because I like to breathe. So when my mum was like, oh, tie your belly, I would do it maybe once in a while or here and there. And surely it made a difference, you know, to like put things back together. But I didn't make it like a religion, yeah. you know. And most people are almost like, oh, you have to, you have to wear. I literally remember, I think um, like a day after I gave birth, my friend came to see me and she was like, oh, wow, we need to work on your you tummy. You see, I it's said, those sort of <laughs> I literally just gave birth, like, yesterday. There's no working on nothing. You better enjoy this baby. <laughs> I look like right now because I'm not, you know, and you need people, we need to encourage one another better, you know, and support one another to say, do you know what, it's okay. Work at your own pace because sometimes you see people going on diet, doing this, doing that, and then you know you're not actually strong enough to look after your baby. Like if you're breastfeeding, you've got Definitely. to eat. You have to eat and be healthy. And you know, I'll just say, try to eat healthy. You know, try to eat in a way that will um, definitely like give you energy and stuff, but also help you to take stay trim. But don't put pressure on yourself and work at a pace that works for you because some people again metabolism is different so you might actually be able to lose weight faster than me and I might be doing the same things that you're doing and it's not working for mm. me then I start to beat myself up because I haven't actually lost weight but you're losing weight but meanwhile my body is different to yours so what you're doing might not even work for me you know same thing with the waist trainers and this and you see people struggling to even <laughs> walk because they're putting on waist trainers after having a baby I just I feel like women in general, we just need to be more supportive of one another and help each other to work at the pace that works for us. Definitely, I agree. I think in terms of support yeah. as well, how would you say um, being married, has that, re- there's, like you said, there's times that um, your partner will look after AJ so that you can have time to yourself. But in terms of like your mental health and your well-being, would you say that yeah. it's so important to have a supportive partner, husband or people around you that are, encouraging you to 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 think about your well-being and to be more positive around you definitely my husband is amazing honestly like I think I could look like the Grinch and he would be like wow babe you're so beautiful (laughs) like sometimes he says that I'm like it's enough it's okay but 
you know, because I'm like, what are you actually seeing? Like, because I can't, like, in the beginning, I used to honestly be like, I, I can't see it. <laughs> but he would literally, like, I would wake up and just look at him looking at me. I'm like, what is going on here? Oh, that's so He's like, lovely. wow, babe, like, you're so beautiful. And I'm like, uh, okay, thanks. But, you know, hear, hearing it, as much as sometimes I'll be like, oh, okay, you're actually doing the most now because too much. <laughs> but, he would without fail every day you know compliment my body compliment you know if if he notices something different I've done my hair or I've made the effort to do this and that and the other he would compliment me and you know he notices and I think sometimes it's rare for men to actually notice when you've done something different but he makes the effort so he might not notice everything but he makes the effort to notice you know like just just enough you know and to make sure that he compliments me and you know what he tries to do as well because he, he tries to take AJ in the morning so that I will have a bit of time because she still breastfeeds through the night. So I'm literally not sleeping, although my eyes are closed. But <laughs> you're conscious. Honestly, you're conscious about, oh, am I going to lay on her? You know, that just so many different things. And AJ does so much gymnastics in her sleep. So it's just, it's a lot. So he does, he tries to take her in the morning sometimes so that I would have, you know, rest. And then, he's doing a lot more cleaning like he's just getting involved in everything more um and it's it's so great to be able to have someone who you can rely on any dads listening please take notes any moms if you want to play this section and rewind it and replay it again to your partners so they can hear like i said remember we went through so much because and and I feel like it's important to highlight that when you have a baby, it changes things. Because for men, particularly, like I guess, in the, first of all, they have to wait for ages before you guys. They're not number one anymore. Again. Yeah, and then there's just there's so much, you know. And then coming together, understanding. Sometimes they don't even know what to do because it's almost like this baby is so little. What do I do with it until it it gets bigger? Yeah. So. They, they really they try to like okay where do I fit in but they don't quite know you have some dads who are like very hands-on but most times you have to walk them through it and you know allow them to be a part of the process and I feel like that's where I struggled was you know allowing him to actually be a part of the process but I thought you know communication was so important and again encouragement to everyone who might be going through it after having a baby I think learn to communicate how you're feeling so you know I had to learn how to communicate in a way that he understands you know, um, finding time for him as well so that we can spend time together. So, you know, communicating that, okay, I need help. If I'm cooking, I can't cook with the baby in my hand, you know, <laughs> if I <laughs> like different things or tidying up, can we, can we split that? Can you do this? Can, you know, do things that will make me less tired so that I can look after you. Do you know what I'm saying? I can really look after you. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so that communication has helped because we've got a beautiful dynamic and, you know, still working on it because it's not perfect, but, you know, we've, we've learned to understand each other and, you know, you need to have a partner that is understanding and is willing to help, willing to learn. You know, there were times where I would have to be open about how I was feeling, like I'm anxious, you know, um, I'm, I have, I'm, I'm, I have anxiety or I'm scared about this or I'm scared about that and somebody that would actually listen and again, having a great support and community. So there's a lady called Doreen. Um, Doreen is like one of our closest friends. 
and you know when when we're talking about support she was such a great support system for me um what she would do would literally like come and she was a nurse so and she was working night shift she'll finish a night shift come to my house um you know miracle go and sleep she would wash the plates she would basically do everything that needed to be done i need me a doreen (laughs) honestly like she would literally do everything that needed to be done in the house she would fold the clothes like sometimes she would call my husband when he's leaving for work at eight i might still be asleep and he would let her in the house and by the time i wake up i'd wake up to everything been done in the house but no one there and i'm like who came to my house um, you know, my husband would say, oh, Doreen came in the morning when I was on my way to work. You know, like, she honestly, anything I needed to, even if it was just for me to go and take a walk, she would leave her house, come and hold Adrian and say, go and take a walk, you know. And that would, honestly, for the first, like, few months of her life, the, like, the hardest part, she was there for everything. And she was, like, a great support system. And I feel like it's important for us to have, you know, um, a support system like that or people or whether it's just one person who you you know will be there for you, you trust just, as well like that. exactly crazy. exactly and she's AJ's godmother um so that adds to it as well but she's just amazing and I'm so thankful for that support because obviously for me I was expecting that from other places and you know it came from her and sometimes the people that you might be expecting to be there for you may not really and you can't really blame them because you know like as as you said as well I was one of the first to have a baby within my circle so um sometimes people don't understand how difficult it is but she already being a mom and just knowing what it was she got it and she was there like she was there for me in ways that I can't even begin to like explain yeah support is support is so essential because it can make or break you and there are so many people who are going through it you know alone and it's difficult because being being a mother alone and I I understand how challenging it can be as joyful and as beautiful as it is it's also very hard and so I think about the people that have to do it alone and kudos to them because they're doing an amazing job but that support is so essential Definitely. I think if we continue on talking about support, when um, you sort of agreed to be a guest on the show, we mm. did get in contact of someone very special to you who had a few <laughs> words to share <laughs> about okay. you. Um, so we, I'm just going to read out um, what your husband sort of shared about how he feels about you. Oh, and I really wow. hope that this <laughs> continues to encourage you. You know, you're such an amazing woman and woman of God. You know, you're an amazing mother and a wife. And I think for Thank Ben, he just much. wanted to remind you of this, even though he tells you every day. <laughs> he wants to now broadcast it to the world. <laughs> and, you know, it's so, so beautiful what he's written. Um, so he's written, words cannot express how much I love this woman. You are true. You are a true miracle. A lot changed when you stepped in. It was like life just got serious. And I honestly thank God for your life. Thank you for accepting me and all my flaws, but taking these things and prayerfully moulding change. I promise to love you and keep you till death. You are my treasure and my everything. I see God in you and you are a beacon of hope for the world. I can't wait for the world to hear what you have to release soon. Seeing you as a mother, you are completely perfect. (laughs) 
<laughs> seeing you as a mother, you're completely perfect, and I'll choose you over and over again. And that's from your loving husband. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I think even in the midst of him being wow. a pastor and all the other things that he's doing, um, when we asked him about um, to, to say something, you know, it wasn't anything that he said, oh, I, I, I can't do it. I'm too busy, you know. Yeah. And I think that just demonstrates how much he puts you first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for that, we're just, it's so lovely to see. And for anyone listening, how, what, I know I mentioned previously that I have experience in the introduction, but what are the different things that you and your husband are doing and how can people get in touch with you? How can they find you on socials? All right. Okay. So um, we both um, run our experience together and um, that's just something that we do for the community to be able to bring Christ to the world. So we go into prisons and we, you know, um, help prisoners through whatever they're going through. Um, we have like events as well, so feel free to join us after the after the corona. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> our social media is our underscore experience, and then we do a marriage one hundred and one on my page as well, Miracle Ando at Miracle Ando. I'm only on Twitter and on Facebook temporarily because I'm coming off that. But um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm only on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. Um, and my husband's page is at Mr Ando at Mr Benjamin Ando Um, and yeah so as I was saying we do Marriage 101 together and um, that was birthed out of a place of wanting to help other couples who have been through what we went through and you know just challenging um, situations whether it was pre-birth or after birth Um, and yeah so that's that's what we do Um, you can follow us and catch up on everything else that we do as well and yeah I hope that was best by even going on our pages <laughs> yeah definitely um, I really encourage anyone listening to really tune in to the marriage one-on-one I try and tune in as much as I can before my son interrupts and I have to log back in but every time I log back in it's just you see the things that you guys are talking about you know I feel like as a couple you guys have been so real the guests that you have on as well are, very, yeah. are people that are really relatable so I definitely advise anyone that is married or looking to get married to definitely tune in is that weekly or is there a particular time that comes on on Instagram Instagram. Yeah, so it's weekly. It's every Sunday from five to seven PM. Okay. So yeah, you can join in, and yeah, it's always fun <laughs> and funny as well. So, and I've been to a half experience as well. Could you just um, spell that out for anyone that um, is looking to find that on socials? Sure. So Ava is A H A V A and underscore experience i'm sure you can spell experience <laughs> yeah <laughs> we should hope so but yeah definitely guys if, if, when the next one is due i know the coronavirus stopped there was meant to be an epic two or three day a harvard experience conference yeah. i was really looking forward to that but it will commence when things are back on and guys anyone if you get yeah, opportunity but for now we're doing like online stuff yeah so just yeah people can have a look and just see so we because um we do like worship and you know we do we're having a bible study actually coming up as well on zoom i think that would be really good the information for that will be out we've got some amazing people who will be sharing so we're, we're still doing things online and so you can always you know i know that we're not meeting physically but you can always join in online and still be blessed Lovely. Thank you so much for your time, Miracle. I know being a mum myself, I've had to shut the door just to stop my son so I can just have some time to myself to do my recording, you know. Honestly, <laughs> so, I can imagine. I can relate. Thank you so much for having me. And I just want to say as well that this is such an amazing initiative and, you know, it's going to help so many mothers because I know that I needed 
you know, something like, I wish I had something like this after I had just had AJ um, to also aid my getting better process or aid my support process as well. So for you to even think about something like this is such a beautiful and amazing initiative. And I can't wait to hear, you know, everyone else that you've got on, you know, sharing their stories and learning and growing from there as well. So thank you so much, Cami. You are amazing. Oh, lovely. Thank you so much, Miracle. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. And um, thank yes, you. thank you for tuning in, everyone. For the very first episode of Mummy and Mind. Um, I'm going to tag all of Miracle's um, socials on um, the page. So please feel free to add her connect with her share and really get involved in what her and her husband are doing in the ministry and just with the community as well thank you so much